G'day and welcome to Occupied, your fortnightly podcast for all things occupation and occupational therapy. This episode is a very special one to me. I'm fairly sure this is my first episode with a non-OT or OTA, uh, and I'd like to introduce you to Rachel Star Withers, who's a lady in the United States who has a diagnosis of schizophrenia, is a very strong advocate for schizophrenia, produces a lot of videos on YouTube, uh, and does a lot of speaking and promotion around uh, health services and health clinicians getting a better understanding of schizophrenia so that we're able to help people better and more effectively and cause a lot less institutional trauma. So without further ado, Rachel Star Withers. Um, I had hallucinations and stuff ever since I was like little. And I honestly thought that like everybody had them. You hear like monsters in your closets, monsters under your bed. And like, that's what I assumed everyone saw them then. Um, and then I went to church uh, in a very like religious community. And um, they were always talking about like angels and demons and spiritual warfare. So then I was like, oh, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying angels and demons. And once again, I assumed everybody saw this because why else would you talk about it every single Sunday unless, <laughs> you know, I just thought, well, yeah, obviously everyone sees it. Um, and it wasn't until I was like 17 that I actually, I, I said something around my friends and they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, maybe people don't see <laughs> this stuff. Um, so then I never said anything again for the next few years. Um, and like, I went to a Christian school and they just, they tried to do an exorcism because they were like, oh God, you're seeing demons. Not the logical thing of sounds like you have a mental disorder, but. Um, what do they, what do they actually give, do? Like, what, what do they do huh? for an, what do they do for an exorcism? Um, I was like, so I couldn't, um, eat or drink anything but water. And it was like, it wasn't like the movie. My head didn't spin around. Okay. Um, but it was like <laughs> three days of these three ladies praying over me and chanting. And, um, they make you like, uh, confess anything remotely sin like. And I was like 18 years old, a virgin and stuff. So I really had, had not done anything super Christian, but yep. it was crazy how they just dug into, you know, like I had to repent for seeing men in black. Because that was a Satan. Um, I really liked the show Angel, which was a spinoff of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I had to repent for like all those episodes I saw. Like it wasn't just I repent for the show. Like I had to go into detail of the bad things I saw. Um, like wow. them turning into vampires, anything remotely sexual. Um, like it was crazy. And it was like three days of that nonstop. Um, and at the end of it, I was obviously like mentally drained. And they said that was proof that the demon had left. Problem was, I started having hallucinations, you know, a week later after I got my energy back. And so they said the reason that happened was I chose to let Satan back into my life. Of course. So I did this. <laughs> this is your fault. Yeah. Um, that's not cool. Yeah. Uh, so... I got, it kept getting worse. And then, um, and I don't think I, I never really believed the whole demon thing. It was just, I was at this like school. Um, it was a one year Christian training camp kind of thing. It was really intense. Um, and I, it, I just kind of went with it because they were like, Oh my God, you know, they kept telling me they saw the demon manifesting and I'm like, I don't think so. But I mean, like they could see it in you or yeah, yeah, no, they flat out said I, they were like, Oh my God, you just coughed. Did you know you coughed? And I'm like, 
I didn't think I coughed, but they're like, see, uh, demon is a spirit and spirit means breath. So you coughing is an example of the demon manifesting. You know, and you got three, three adults <laughs> telling you this. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I guess I coughed. I don't, you know, and I'm just like, but well, anyway, <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't even just like them, like multiple people throughout my life have brought up the whole demon thing. And it really bugs me. Yeah. yeah. Um, like even like the other day, I'm constantly getting emails from people. And like one was, um, this man was like, I feel so sorry. I saw, cause I did a whole, I did a whole like video on it where I talk about it and go into dip. And he's like, he'd watched the video and he's like, you know, I, I feel so sorry for you. I watched what you went through and you know, I just want you to know that wasn't a real exorcism. I'll be happy to give you a real one. Of course. I'm like you watch that entire thing and that's the message that's you got. That's the take home. Yep. <laughs> I'm like it was 20 minutes long. Yeah, and yeah. it's really like I'm very, you know, over not over the top, but you know how energetic I am and yep. <laughs> I give so much info and I go into so much detail that I'm like that's what you got. Yeah. You sat through that 20 minutes and that's what you took away was that poor girl, I can help her. <laughs> I can pray over her and it'll work this time. I'm like what the hell did you watch? <laughs> there are definitely um, some odd people out there. Oh yeah. And I, even just the other week, um, I was at an actual, like, it wasn't a convention, but I'd been brought out with some other um, people with schizophrenia to speak at this event. Um, kind of like, it wasn't like a conference, but more just like kind of understanding for, um, in the medical field for research. And one of the, the other women there that was schizophrenic just she just went on about God and demons. And I'm thinking they did not vet her very well. Um, I'm just like, Oh man. And she's pretty much saying the same thing to me that her, her take though, was that angels gave it to me and that I should be happy. And I'm like, I'm not really happy or sad. It just, it is what it is, but no, I, again, it's not spiritual goblins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a good description. People get really mad by the way, if um, you refer to being demon possessed as having a little goblin in you. Really? It just really will upset them. Yeah, it's just like, well, okay, well, goblins aren't real. I'm like, yeah, just think about what you just said. Say it slowly. So, yeah. yeah. Fun fact there, just anytime it comes up, just say, so you're telling me goblins and they'll get upset. Like, no, I said demon. Right, goblin. Um, I'll Completely. take note of that. That's Yeah. <laughs> but after all that, um, so around like age, I guess, 20, I got, um, I got a kind of crappy diagnosis, the, the people I went to, and I was kind of scared to tell them every, any, everything because like, just the thought that most people have is, oh my God, if I tell them what's going on, they're going to lock me up. Yeah. So yeah. I like, yeah, to be fair, their crappy diagnosis. I also gave like a crappy, <laughs> you know, I didn't tell them everything going on, Yeah. yeah. Um, but they said, you seem like you're borderline um, schizophrenic, which I don't even think that's a real diagnosis but whatever um yeah things got no. a lot worse and a year later i um went and pretty much i went to a different doctor and i like put everything on the table and they did testing and i came up with um paranoid schizophrenia that at that time that's you know they still i don't know about australia um are you australia or new zealand australia <laughs> okay making sure i was like wait let me yeah no, that's fair okay i thought so didn't want to offend you on accident. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's all right. We don't get offended by that. Oh, okay. Kiwis might know. get offended by that, but maybe uh, that's why I've heard it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the whole like real. America Canada thing. 
oh, they're clearly not like us. Yeah. They'll get offended if you call yeah, them. Yeah, that's what it's like. We're like, yeah. at this point, hey, we're, we're like, that. that's compliment. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying I'm nice and friendly. Point, hey, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it at this point, man. <laughs> Just lump us in. It's cool. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I know they don't really use the um, the... I guess I don't even know. They used to have the different types of schizophrenia. I know they don't really use that as much here. Um, oh, okay. The paranoid. Yeah, no, we, we use those. Uh, I think there's slightly different categories to the ones you guys used to use, but yeah, we, we still have the categories. Paranoid schizophrenia is still one of the ones that we use. Okay. So yeah, that's what um, the testing. And I've always kind of went with like, I trust the testing, um, but I've also got diagnosis of bipolar, schizoaffective, um, dysthymia, like all kinds of different ones. But I always go with what the test said, because I tend to believe them more than like so many doctors will just, I don't know, they have so many different opinions. And you're like, OK, yeah, yep. I just got diagnosed for ADHD or ADD. I forget which one, <laughs> but like a year ago. And they're like, oh, yeah, you've always had this. And I'm like, all right. Okay, so now I'm on a ton of Adderall. That just came up in the last, yeah, a few years. Something, so else, something else to get used to, yeah. If you say so, cool, I'll, I'll try. Do you think that's one of the issues is, um, I guess, with the whole mental health thing and being involved in it is the, I guess, the difficulty, I'm, I'm assuming it's a difficulty and not just, you know, people making mistakes, but the difficulty in actually getting a clear diagnosis? Yes, um, and again, I don't know. I know this is as far as new thinking for over here. So I'm not sure about Australia. And again, it's new for America is um, them pushing more that schizophrenia is more like a spectrum, kind of like the um, autism spectrum. As yep. you know, it's kind of like you could be in different places of it and still have schizophrenia. And I like that because I definitely know that at times I've been better and at times I've been worse. Um, you know, I've been high functioning, low functioning. And I've had some symptoms just like I've had for years. And then I've had others that I'll just have for like a little bit, you know, and just kind of due to stress or whatever's going on in my life that brought those out. But then they go away whenever I'm able to, you know, get away from that situation. So I personally like the idea of it being like a spectrum. Yeah, kind of thing. I, I haven't heard that um, particular theory, but it, it, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, especially like a lot of the people that I've worked with are similar, like they'll have, you know, They'll have some yeah. symptoms that they've had forever, and then all of a sudden they'll like even sort of um, negative symptoms. So they'll have you know depressive symptoms for so long, and they'll have, be under the impression they've got depression, and then boom, we'll throw some psychosis in there for a few weeks. Okay. It's like wow, this has never happened before. But you know, is this going to stop? Is it going to stay forever? I'm like, well, we don't know yet. Yeah. We'll have to. Time will tell. But and yeah. of course, like yeah, going to a doctor at one time when I'm doing pretty good, they're not going to think, Oh, okay. You know, you're doing fine. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later when I'm full on in yeah. another world, Oh God, we got to lock her up right now. She's yeah, so, yeah. yeah. That's kind of, I like the spectrum and the fact that, yeah, most people move around on it. Yeah. Depending just on how things go. Yeah. No, that's a good way of thinking about that. I like that. I might have to do some research into that one. I was going to say, I'll take credit for it, but it's not. Just claim. Someone sent me an article claim like it. over yeah. a year ago and I was like, oh, wow, I love that idea. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it makes so much sense. Because like you meet people with autism. I assume you have like the autism spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. And you meet some people that are extremely autistic and others. And I was like, yeah, that makes that makes sense. 
Yeah, anyway. yeah. No, that's cool. So, uh, so how old were you when when you sort of found the? I guess I was going to say the good doctor, the the one that you opened up to. Uh, uh and this goes throughout my life. Um, I've had good ones, and I've had not very good ones, and I've had some great people. And the two best I've ever had were um, two different counselors, actually, both through my school system. And um, those ones, I'd probably be the only two that I really told everything to in detail. Um, and for a while, I had like, I, ha- I hated this guy. I hated, I had two people I hated, but I, I was really sick. So it was like, couldn't even really <laughs> pick another person. Yep. But I'd have to go to a psychologist and he always said I had bipolar, but then the next day I would have to go to a psychiatrist. And based off what that guy said, the psychiatrist would give me medication. The problem was, is that the psychiatrist said I had schizophrenia and he'd be like, that guy's an idiot. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but I want you to keep going to him because he, he's smart, but no, you, he's completely wrong. And I'm like, all right. So then I go back to the psychologist and they're like, why did they put you on this? And I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> So these two, like, and this is every single week I'm having to see both of them. And it was just like. Do they talk to each other? You, right. I'm like, how are you two friends? Like, you <laughs> sent me to this dude. <laughs> like, you sent me here. This isn't even like, and you're saying, this guy's an idiot. That guy's an idiot. So it was like things like that. Um, and then it just would go on, like, you know, until pretty much I lost my insurance was when I had to stop seeing them. And I didn't have insurance for like a while. So I wasn't able to get like really good help or any help. Yep. Um, and then once I was able to get on insurance again, pretty much you go through the cycle and try and find doctors. And right now I actually really like this. Um, so again, I don't know how Australia's no, you're right. and everything. Um, but I actually go to like a center and there's a psychiatrist over it who I've never met. Okay. <laughs> never met this man or woman. I assume it's a man by his name. And then there's like, um, I think there's like three or four clinical nurses, psychological, clinical, or psychiatrist, whatever. Yep. Mental clinical Mental nurses. nurses. Yep. So you go, yeah, okay. So you go to them and based on what they say, they talk to the psychiatrist and then he writes the prescription. Okay. Um, and I've actually really, I really like that because they're they've just always come off to me as nicer and they don't like cut me off kind of thing i think because i guess the doctors might be a little bit more full of themselves well i wonder if it's because they've got to like it's not the like the doctor will listen to some of the things you've got to say and then like instantly make up his mind whereas they've got to kind of get as much information as possible to like relay on maybe that'll have an effect i don't know but it's an interesting model i don't know if we've got anything that functions like that i I don't actually know if i'd have to ask some some doctor friends but i don't actually know if the doctors are allowed to write a prescription without seeing the person here it might be different but that's it's uh, we've definitely got services where like the majority of time you'll see like another clinician like an ot or a nurse or something and then you know once every because we have uh, long-term prescriptions so once every three or six months when you need the prescription, you'll have to pop in and see the doctor kind of thing. But um, I think I think most people that I've worked with anyway find that model useful because, yeah, they find doctors very, I don't know, full on, I guess, sometimes. 
and doctors tend to focus on the real sort of like straight down the line risk issues where us yeah. us as clinicians can focus on the like things that aren't related to you know symptoms and suicide and all that kind of stuff whereas you know we can focus on how to you know what do you want to actually do with your life like how can we help you get those goals going instead yeah. so yeah and i also want the biggest issues like i don't take antipsychotics anymore and the reason is is like they worked. I mean, they worked. They worked like a little bit, mm-hmm. but the side effects were so much worse than any help that they did. So I was real bad about like going back in and be like, I can't be on this medication because of, um, and of course, one of the main ones is weight gain. Yeah. And one of the old psychiatrists I would see, I would go in him and I'm like, listen, I gained 20 pounds in a month, which is a lot. Mm. But this dude, he was, I don't know how heavy he was. I never saw him actually stand up, but <laughs> I mean, he was like 600 plus pounds. This man was massive. So I'm in there complaining about 20 pounds and he's just laughing at me. And I'm like, I get this isn't a big deal to you. (laughs) I get that, sir. But he would just take none of that kind of stuff. Didn't care. Had no sympathy for me. But I'm also like, this is affecting my life. Um, A lot of the antipsychotics, I just, you sleep all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not hallucinating because I was asleep for 20 hours. Hmm. So how am I supposed to go to school, work, like, so I get more depressed? Yeah. And it just is like that cycle. And I feel a lot of times the the clinical nurses like actually listen because they're like, oh yeah, no, that if you're sleeping all the time, obviously you can't go to work, you know? So I've noticed that I feel that they kind of feel me more a little bit as far as taking those type of things into account than just, oh, she said it's helping her hallucination. So we're going to stay on it. So when you were going through that system, do you have like a like a case manager or like a single support person in the system to help you, I guess, navigate the system? Or is it up to you to work out like where you're going to go and who you're going to see? Um, I'd say it's up to me. And luckily now I have really um, not great insurance, but I have insurance. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm only allowed to see like a few different ones. So uh, as far as insurance paying for it, they cut it down to like my option of two or three. Yeah, yeah. So, and if I don't like those two or three, then I can go anywhere I want, but they're you not going to pay, for, pay it. for it. So I either can pay $25 with those two, or I can pay upwards to like 500 a session with oh, out of pocket. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, no, it's very expensive. Wow. Yeah, no, we have a very different health model. We have a health model probably more similar to Canada's. I'm very jealous. I then, <laughs> then, uh, then Americans. They're trying to take my insurance away, and I'm like, "Stop it!" <laughs> I speak to a lot of Americans um, through this podcast, and it's that's one of their biggest things. Is one of their biggest gripes is always the actual structure of the health system. I'm like, no, it's it's a nightmare, and why it's is no one looking? A nightmare at it? to navigate, and they're trying to like. It got really good for a minute, like really good, but better, and then now they're trying to like take that away, and I'm like, stop it. Because as you notice, we have a lot of school shootings. So I'm like, every time it happens, you're like, oh, God, we got to like do more for mental health. At the same time, let's take all of these people off insurance. Yeah. yeah. Who are currently, let's make mental health really expensive. It <laughs> like, just, it seems, okay, seems like a lot of lip service. It's not like actually <laughs> trying to fix a problem. Here and on the mental health side, yeah, I'm, I think we need to let, let people have their mental health. Yeah, it seems important. It's so expensive. It's crazy. Just And even then just paying for it, the medications, um, 
is like out of this world. Like even with my insurance, they tell me what medications I can take. Um, so if a doctor prescribes something and the insurance, like I'm not going to pay for that. So that means I either pay out of pocket. Um, and sometimes we're talking like over a thousand a month. Um, oh God. Yeah. Easily. And I'm wow. like, yeah. So I have a list of like 20 prescriptions <laughs> and if it's not on that list, got to try again, doctors. You have that list to stick to. We've got a, uh, a subsidized list, but like a government subsidized list, but it's fairly extensive. Like there's not, there's not much on it with regards to sort of mental health type medication that isn't subsidized. I know there was a couple of like, say brand new ones that were coming out from the States that just hadn't been, hadn't really got here yet that um, weren't subsidized, but you know, eventually they come to Australia and they get subsidized. So I think most of our guys uh, that I worked with were probably paying maybe 12 to 30 bucks a fortnight. So a yeah, big difference from the uh, thousands, thousand a month yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> and that's if, again, my, your insurance doesn't. Yeah. yeah so, but uh, uh, I mean, that's I like the old school stuff, like lithium, all that is pretty cheap for uh, you to get. Yeah, yeah. But again, you're only getting that from a psychiatrist, which you're looking at at least 300 to 500 to go see if you don't have insurance. Yeah, that's Because insane. normal doctors will just, they can't write those prescriptions. They send you to someone in the mental field. See, I think there, there's even some, it might even be all actually, I'm not sure, uh, like mental health type medications that our GPs can prescribe. Oh, really? Ours can do like um, basic antidepressants, but. Yeah, at, it might, it might be had, something similar to that. Yeah. I know when one of them, I was going to this just normal doctor for my antidepressants for about two years and I just kept getting worse and worse. And she said she couldn't handle me anymore that like I had become a risk for her to, to take over. I, I had pushed too far into the mental health range. Like I needed too much medication. So she was like, I can't like, I guess if I commit suicide, she would be at fault. At that yeah, point. Yeah. So but yeah. She, she literally was like, I can't foresee you anymore. For this specific thing. She might not have just liked me and was just making up an excuse. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know really. So I mean they could really, they make up tons of stuff and I won't know. I'm like, all right, I believe you. Just run with it. She's doctor said it must be true. Mm. Yeah. So did you ever find like a it sounds like you never found like the exact kind of medication or anything that definitely worked. And it sounds like you've tried quite a few things. So you tried antipsychotics uh, and that just made you really sort of doughy and sleepy and not yeah. really not really fit for function in uh, you no, know, and work they, and school. And all and, of them just you pack on the pounds, like weight gain with them, um, which would make me more and more depressed. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> oh. So what, what, did you, what did you do after that? Uh, well, eventually I um, – the main reason I went off um, antipsychotics was I lost my insurance. Like that was the main thing that – knocked me off of them yeah. and then I was just off for so long when I went back on them I was kind of like I'm doing better without, without them. them um for me my hallucinations are I don't want to say easy to manage but I've definitely learned a lot of ways to manage them um so that's what's helped me and I'm not against antipsychotics you know if it gets to where yeah I can't manage then absolutely I have no problem going back on antipsychotics um but for me the biggest thing is my depression and I had electroconvulsive therapy like years ago. Yeah, I and remember. 
I'm a huge supporter of that. I know a lot of people are, but I'm like, it worked wondrous for me. I got brain damage from it, but it worked like amazing. Um, so I am a big supporter, but totally. Yeah. There's, that there's risks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, not as many as it used to be. It has come like a really long way. Yeah. It's, it's quite controlled. Oh yeah. They can like, <laughs> I just, yeah. Cause I was looking at getting, I haven't done um, last year and they were saying that they actually can like target mm. parts of the brain as opposed to do the whole brain. Yeah, like yeah. I had like, you know, let's shock that whole thing. So I was like, oh, well, that sounds a lot less. Yeah, boring. there's, um, I can't remember what it's called. I do remember it because I used to do it at, um, where I used at the hospital I used to work. And I do remember there, you can do one side, the other side, or you can still do like both sides at once, sort of thing. But depending on, I, I, I didn't even, I can't even remember what it was actually depending on, but it was essentially, I guess, depending on the symptoms and the diagnosis, they could, yeah, really like hit kind of a bit closer to where in the brain that sort of stuff happened as opposed to just everything (laughs) so you mentioned hallucinations like what sort of hallucinations have you got or do you have um the majority of mine like are visual i see a lot of um just dark figures faces and things um and usually they're just kind of like random indistinct ones and then sometimes i'll have like a specific one for like a while um there's like one I've had over and over for years and like, I'll have it really bad and then it'll kind of go away and then it'll come back. And it's um, me without like my face, like it's cut off. Um, so you'd see that in uh, like a mirror or something. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so like me personally, I have to be really careful with mirrors is that um, whenever I look in a mirror, like things change um, and I can get really obsessive. So I just have to be real careful around mirrors and um any kind of like reflective type thing yep. i can't really like trust um and then like I, I teach modeling and acting classes and sometimes when i'm teaching like and i'm talking out like the students faces will change like an eye will drop down and i'm like <laughs> sitting there like is that kid deformed or am i hallucinating <laughs> you know that's all going through my mind yeah, as yeah. i'm teaching i'm like i think i would have noticed this before i think this one's a <laughs> you know i'm just got, like little things like that like just things are like out of place on humans yep. and usually the faces. Um, sometimes I'll look down and I'm like missing a finger or something. And I'm like, wait, do I, you know, and at that moment I can't remember how many fingers I'm supposed to have. I'm like, is this normal? Is yep. this, I'm not sure. I'll fit. Um, audio wise for me, I've never heard like voices saying, Rachel, go do this. Um, I mainly hear like my name being called and I hear like, um, it's like it's muffled coming from another room. Like someone's left a TV on. Yep. And I can't really make out like what they're saying, but it just sounds literally like a TV or radio's on. Like, kind of like background noise kind of. Yeah. Um, and then I hear a lot of like weird noises, like um, scratching, ticking, like in the walls and kind of just random noises like that. And not really crashes, but yeah, it sounds like shuffling, I guess. Yeah. I hear that a lot where I'm like, am I alone? Was that my dog? No, Toto's beside me, so that couldn't have been Toto. Like, should I go check, make sure no one's in the house? <laughs> like that kind of where I'm yeah, like, yeah. sure, I went. <laughs> yeah, that would be. I would imagine uh, it maybe not now, but that would have been quite, I guess, alarming, especially when it first it used started. to be. Like yeah. I said, at this point, I'm kind of used to it, so I'm like, uh. um, yesterday I had like a one I'd never had before. I've always heard like my mom's voice saying Rachel. Like it'll, it's just one of them, the ones I hear that like call my name out. Mm-hmm. And to the point, I think she's like looking for me. 
Um, and yesterday I heard something and I was like, I wasn't, it was my name, but it was weird. And I was just like, wait, did I hear that? And then I heard it again, really loud. And it sounded to me like my dad screaming, Rachel, and he was in pain. So, and I live with my parents. I know it's super cool. So (laughs) I went like running upstairs looking for, I thought something had happened. Like, I don't know, something had followed on him. And I'm like, where dad, you know, my mom's like, he's not here. And I'm like, you sure? (laughs) She's like, yeah. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I could have sworn I heard him scream out like yeah. in pain, like he, he needed help and he wasn't at home. So that was kind of, that, that was like a brand new one for me. I've never had, never heard him call my name as any of my hallucinations. And it was just so loud and it just scared me because it, it sounded like him, but in a lot of pain. Wow. I don't think I've ever heard my dad scream out in pain. So he's super yeah. tough. <laughs> Oh, he makes a cameo in, in some of your videos. So if quite a few. If uh if people want to meet your dad, he's he's on YouTube. Yeah, so, yeah, and he's super <laughs> tough. He's like the toughest person I know and crazy stuff, tough. So in your so you've obviously had a few dealings, like you're saying before you spoke at the um like a awareness type thing. Like you've had a few dealings with other people uh who have schizophrenia. Are your would you say that the the things that you experience are fairly consistent with what they, or is it uh, what they get, or is it sort of pretty individual and different for everyone, or are there some sort of common trends? I've always, I mean, I've been shocked the times I've got to like actually talk to another schizophrenic. Um, one, I'm not sure if you follow her or not, but I've reposted her a few times. But um, schizophrenic NYC, she's I've, out see, of I've seen the City. repost. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and um. So we've become friends over the past few years and I got to hang out with her a few times and it was crazy, like talking how alike so much is. And and it's kind of nice, like to know, oh, I'm not alone, you know, and I would bring up, hey, did this ever happen? And it would be some real random thing that I remember happening as a kid. And she's like, oh, my God, yeah, that happened, too. I called it this. But it's like we went through the exact same thing. Um, And usually with schizophrenics, like even especially from my videos, I'll think, I'm probably the only one who does this. I'm probably the only one. And then I will get like so many emails of people being like, oh my God, I had the exact same hallucination. I have the exact same, you know, such and such. Yeah. And it's cool because I'm like, oh wow, I I made the video thinking, I don't know if it's gonna help nobody, but this is some random thing with me. And so many people respond. And it honestly it was the same thing, which is scary with the exorcism. Cause I was like, no one else has been through no damn exorcism. This is real. Like I was embarrassed to even make that video, but I put it out there and I was flooded with all these other people, bipolar, schizophrenia, um, all kinds of different disorders who had been put through it. One as young as four. Um, and it went through multiple. Yeah. Their dad kept putting them through them through the, cause the church Whoa. told, and I, you know, I get it. The parent was trying to help and what they thought was best. But four. Not. That's insane. But yeah, I was blown away by how many people, though, had went through that exact same thing. Yeah. And we're like, oh, God, I've never told anybody because it's embarrassing. I'm like, yeah, I know it's embarrassing. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but I just, you know, for this day and age, I was like, what? But I, I think in a lot of ways, that's kind of a a perfect representation of where mental health is at, like, overall. Like, people are, yeah. are scared or embarrassed so it doesn't get talked about. But there's so many people, you know, that are affected by it and, and going through, you know, some difficult things. And the fact that we're not talking about it is probably one of the biggest reasons why everyone's scared of it in the first place. Oh, yeah. 
And I think everyone, even at this thing I was at the other week, they said it's, you know, actually meeting schizophrenics, you know, are so rare. And I was like, no, it's really not. So many people with schizophrenia aren't public about it. They can't be, they can't talk about it at work. They're afraid, you know, of what'll happen. Um, and I said, I'm very lucky because I don't have anything to lose. <laughs> like, what do I have to lose? <laughs> you know, so I was like me making videos about my schizophrenia. It, I didn't have a family to take care of. I didn't have some kind of high profile job where that would affect me. Um, I was in college for entertainment management. Not a hard thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I wasn't in there for <laughs> to be a doctor. I wasn't in there for, you know, rocket yeah. science. Like, you know, it really gives a crap. My school was very easy compared to myself. Um, so I was like, yeah, it, it was easier for me to talk about it because I don't have anything to lose. There's no chance that me talking about this, I'm going to lose my children and be seen as unfit. Yeah. And again, yeah. Okay. So I was like, you know, so many people are suffering that have hallucinations and they are afraid to, to say or even get help. Um, I have a lot of people in the military and I don't know how, Australia's military works, but with ours, yeah, if you have depression, then you're out. And there'll be ones who flat out have hallucinations and stuff, and they're not going to get, they cannot get help until they get out, you know, and they'll be like, hey, I'm about two years from retirement, you know, and I'm just trying, so I get my, you know, yeah. full benefits and everything. I, th I think in here it's, yeah, it's probably fairly similar, but it's more like the army will be like, yes, we will help you. But as soon as that goes on your record, like you're you're not fit for service, kind of thing, you're medically discharged. Um, so mm -hmm. I think I think in a lot of ways, yeah, similar. Like people will not come forward and say like, you know, maybe maybe I need some help with this because they're afraid that you know it's going to yeah, even if it might not, but it's going to affect their their oh, yeah. ability to stay in the army, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. which which sucks because then you get yeah and if that means that's your career that's what yeah. you've always wanted to do yeah i mean i wouldn't i mean me personally i'm thinking i wouldn't risk it if that's what i'd want to do ever since i was a little kid it's a big part of your identity and you know that's mm -hmm. it's not worth the risk in a lot of people's eyes so unfortunately i think a lot of people don't seek help at all um for for very similar reasons and that they're afraid of losing part of their identity or like you said like you know being seen unfit to raise their kids or you know yeah. being judged at work and that kind of thing so and i think that's one of the reasons why initially like years and when did i find you online years and years ago um like your videos were just so essentially brutally honest about what it's like and the experience and even the you know it's you talk about some of the good stuff you talk about some of the really shit stuff, but it, it, it's it's real. Um, and like I, I, I use some of your videos in my, my teachings to my students and that uh, when we're looking at mental health stuff and I'm like, here's, here's a real life experience of schizophrenia. It's not... It's, it's a real one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not split personality disorder. It's not like, yeah. like, like Shutter Island or anything like that. Like it's... No. it's not one flew over the cuckoo's nest is this is what it's really like so when you if you do go out into practice once you graduate and you end up working in mental health you're gonna see people like rachel and you're gonna talk to mm -hmm. people like rachel and work with people like rachel 
you're not going to be working with you know Jack Nicholson trying to cut through a door with an axe kind of thing. It's it's not like that. Well, I don't know. I don't have an axe. I don't. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I am uh, that actually surprises me. Looking at the different stunts that you do, I am surprised you don't have an axe. Not now. I will be at not now. At my old house, yes, it was ah, okay. in the country. So yeah, no, t- actually I did have an axe there. <laughs> um so but not here. And either way, it's very heavy. Axes are very heavy. <laughs> I mean, you probably got like two swings out of me and I'm like, all right, it's just I'm tired need a nap. Gonna try something else. Yeah, yeah. This isn't <laughs> a lot of work. What are some of the I guess the the biggest misconceptions about schizophrenia you'd like people to shelf um well it's i think mostly um that we're dangerous or that we should be drooling like in the corner like people who think you're a serial serial killer of some sort or you shouldn't be able to talk you shouldn't be able to be in society because you should be like drooling in the corner i get a lot of well you can't be schizophrenic schizophrenic because you make videos i'm like no i do get very sick where i can't make videos um, it's one reason I haven't made videos actually in like a few months now is that I haven't been like, well, although part of that's not because of my mind. It's, I also went through a whole yeah. side situation there with, yeah. <laughs> made the international <laughs> news. Cheating bacteria. Um, but no, people will be like, no, you can't be schizophrenic because they're too, you know, stupid and capacitated to have social media. They can't, you know, I'll always hear, oh, well, they have word salad, so you shouldn't be able to stalk and write in a, you know, in a real sentence if you really had it. And I'm like, yes, that could be a part. And sometimes I have a lot of issues with speaking. It comes out at work a lot. I'll have my students will actually say something like, you're talking too fast, Miss Rachel, or I don't understand you. And that's when I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm starting to have issues. Yeah. Um, usually they'll point it out to me pretty quickly because they're like, what? <laughs> they're trying to take notes and I'm like going a mile a minute. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, my bad guys. Give me a second. I will put my hand up and say that in my 10 years in mental health, I reckon I've seen genuine case of actual word salad maybe once or twice. It doesn't. People think like you like you said. People just associate like you know they're like schizophrenia. People with schizophrenia are unable to string sentences together. I'm like, oh, that's the I've not met many that can't. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that's definitely one thing. I think some of the individual symptoms uh, are vastly. And I think it's a lot to do with movies and that kind of thing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I I've not seen too many movies where there's been I guess kind of a really accurate portrayal of like what living with schizophrenia would be no, like. I, I have a few that I'm like this this and this, and usually I have like a little tag on the end. Except for in the movie, yes, this happens. But <laughs> is there is there a movie that you think is probably more like the most accurate or majority accurate compared to others? Um, the best one I've ever seen, and it's on, I know we have it on our um, Netflix USA. It didn't come out in theaters, I don't think. So it's either online or like I saw it on Netflix and it's called They Look Like People. And it's basically these two, and I love it because it's it shows schizophrenia, like to me correctly. And it shows a really good relationship uh, between two friends where one has schizophrenia and the other one's just trying to kind of like 
you know, help his friend out. Um, and he's not scared of him. He's not, you know, he literally sees him as like, I don't understand what's happening with my friend. This is not normal. And he's like just repeatedly trying to reach out and help him. And it's just like a healthy, I think, look at it. Um, it's called, yeah, they look like people. I'll have to have a and look. a few times, yeah. because obviously they're trying to make money, it comes off a little bit like a horror movie. Because, yes, they are trying to get a genre <laughs> here. But, yeah, I, I think their portrayal, though, is um, a better one of the ones I've seen. Than most yeah. movies. The vast majority of movies. <laughs> yes. But there is some of that, obviously, horror movie type stuff starts to happen. But you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I think... Uh, there's one of the so one of the things when I, I teach a mental health module uh, later in our OT course that I look at is the concept of stigma um, and sort of where historically where that has come from and uh, one of the things we look at is you know mental health two three hundred years ago had a fairly brutal outlook on on health. <laughs> was more about the mental and less about the health, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, and I feel like Hollywood is kind of stuck in that era of trying to portray mental health, probably because it gets more ratings and that oh, kind and of it's, thing. it's scary. It's something that, like, it's just real enough that people know it's a real thing to, like, make it scary. Yeah. Like, it's just like, okay, people know they're schizophrenics. They know there's people who don't see the world correctly or don't, you know, know reality from fantasy. And so, you know, it, those people exist. So the fact that, yeah, make them serial killers, make them delusional stalkers. Why not? Yeah. And it's just the easiest kind of like fear because it's just real enough that you can play off of it, which doesn't help real schizophrenics very much. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it helps. I can't, I don't know. Other than Hollywood people, I don't know oh. who it would help. <laughs> But yeah, um, it, I think that that's one of the things I guess I try and make my students aware of is like what you're seeing isn't the real portrayal. And then that would be, if that's all they saw essentially of what schizophrenia was, was in, what's in movies, then when they go forward, that's what they're going to be expecting. And I think that's how I guess the stigma is kind of rolled over sort of generation to generation is we're not exposing people to... The, the reality of schizophrenia, like what it's actually like. And I think that's why one of the reasons I really wanted to get you on here was to get uh, a conversation about what it's actually like so that, you know, my listeners can, if they if they haven't ever worked in mental health or they've never met anyone or, you know, they may have met someone with schizophrenia who hides it very well. Oh, yeah. Is high functioning. It no, happens. most people would have no idea with me. Yeah. Um, like they would have no clue. And even when I do, um, I call it getting off. <laughs> Sound the word. Um, at like, because it's not like I'm sick. It's just like my mind suddenly isn't working correctly. I'm not thinking correctly. And I've gotten to where I can notice like kind of warning signs um, as I kind of start to go down that spiral. And so once the like certain things, for instance, I'll start thinking in third person, like, okay, Rachel, now walk up the stairs. Okay, you know, and that's like, that is the number one warning sign that I'm starting to spiral downward. And pretty much when I notice that, I got to kind of be on my toes. Um, if I have like someone at work who knows about it, I will be like, hey, Ken, just so you know, can you watch me, um, you know, 
that kind of thing. And if I'm able to get home, I pretty much hold myself up in my room because I know I'm about to start probably making not the best decisions. <laughs> so it will be better at least if I'm home. Um, and of course my parents know to watch for certain things too. So is that like being able to identify that, is that just something that came with practice or experience or is it something that you, you know, did some kind of assessment slash plan to put together or how did you sort of work that out? Um, I, and I think anyone with schizophrenia and I also think as far as treating mental disorders, but you really have to be proactive. And that's just something I started to notice. Oh, hey, whenever this, this, and this happens, then I get really bad. <laughs> um, so yeah, just from it happening multiple times, noticing kind of, yes, yeah, some of my warning signs, because, and I don't know, obviously with everyone, for me, it's not like a switch. It is like a slow spiral yeah, downward. Yeah. Um, and so as long as I can kind of catch those things, it's a lot easier to deal with the bad part if I know it's coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah and no, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I've had situations, you know, in the past where I wasn't being proactive about this kind of stuff and I would wind up like laying in a parking lot um, because at that moment I'm out of my mind and I think that looks like a good place to lay down. Um, stopping my car on the side of like a busy interstate and just laying on the ground like where I could totally get squished. Yeah. Um, because for whatever reason, I thought, oh man, I'm really tired. Let me go ahead and, and lay down right here. Um, so like dangerous situations I put myself in just say, cause at that moment, I just, I thought it made sense. <laughs> like it made perfect sense. Um, so at least now I know, Hey, get home, at least get a hold of someone. If I can't get home, um, like I know I, once I start getting off, I can't drive. Yep. So, cause I don't want to make a bad decision. Yeah, yeah. So I'll like call my parents to, um, come and get me, or I will just like hole up in my car. Sometimes I will just like sit in my car for a few hours until it passes. And I also, I drive a stick shift. So a manual. And that's one thing is like when I'm mentally off, I did the manual just to make sure that I have to be like 100% here because to you have to pay like more it. attention yeah, yeah. to the gears. <laughs> Yeah, then an automatic. So that's smart. I purposely that's got clever. a manual for that. Yeah, that's clever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've set up like all kinds of little things like that just to make sure I am mentally like all there with things. So if I realize, that's oh, wait, I suddenly this random task, I'm probably starting to get off. Okay. One thing I, I oh, one myth that I hear well, was when I was working clinically fairly often that I really would like to dispel or at least get your opinion on is when people get really unwell when they come out of that, how much do you do you remember everything that's happened while you're unwell or is it kind of like, like I've heard other people who believe this is not people with mental illness but they're like oh no it must be like you know when you get drunk and you wake up and you don't know what's happened and like how is your memory affected when you get really unwell with regards to can you remember what you did and that sort of um, thing the issue is that like when I am um, going psychotic I nothing makes sense so it's not even a situation like there's nothing to remember because thoughts weren't like how we think them. It's not like experiencing something. It's, um, it's all very odd. 
like I would, um, one of the worst ones I've had, um, I literally just, I call it, I just woke up. Like, I don't know, just suddenly I was at some place. Um, and I was in my bathroom without any clothes on. Why was I in the bathroom without any clothes? I don't know. And I remember being like, what is happening? This is weird. And I like went back to my room, put on my clothes and laid down. And then I woke up again, the same situation. And I was like, I can't tell you why I was there. What happened? I don't know. And at that point I got a hold of my mom and I was like, I, there's something very wrong with me. Please get here. And, um, she pretty much stayed with me in the next like two days. Um, and she said it was scared her because when she looked at me, my pupils were so dilated and I was just, I wasn't, it was like, I wasn't, I wasn't there. Yeah. And say, so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. And I kind of, I knew like when I was going through it, I knew she was there with me, but it was like, she was very far away. And, um, in those times, like I kept, I'll like lose body parts and it's really, it's hard to understand, but it'll be like my arm. I'm like, I can't find it. Like I felt it crawl away and I'm like in the bed, you know, and I'm like, where'd my arm go? Um, and it doesn't matter if I can see it. doesn't matter if I can touch it at the moment though, that doesn't exist. And I'll like have to try and like catch my body parts. Um, so it's not even just like a normal thought process. It's yeah. all it's a whole nother thing. It's not like, Oh, Oh God, I went and partied last night and then I went to so-and-so's house. It's, yeah. it's yeah. Everything comes apart at the seams. So even when like you just said, then like when your arm, you feel like your arms crawled away, you're still able to see it. You just feel like it and know that it's not there. It's, it's just a whole nother <laughs> it's hard. it'd be hard to I explain yeah if i could see it or not i don't i don't know wow because it's not in my it's not the rational thinking of look down at my arm isn't there yeah yeah it's not you know it's just there's nothing rational about it it's just literally not even like full thoughts have you ever bought into any of the theories like there's i've read actually quite a bit on this that schizophrenia is actually essentially the the next stage of human evolution have you heard any of that stuff yeah um well there's two sides uh one i hear that it's the whole going back to the spiritual is you're saying like you know the spiritual side of things and people always say that you know you're able to see the spiritual world that not others can see yep and my response to that is um if that's a spiritual world, it, it's nothing you want to ever know exists. It's not, you know, because again, it kind of like how I'm trying to explain psychosis. It's something completely different. It's not, it's nothing that should exist. Yeah. yeah. yeah it doesn't make any sense. Um, and as far as the evolution of the brain, I, I personally believe that, um, mental disorders definitely kind of runs in families. Everyone on my mom's side of the family has a mental disorder. Um, not necessarily schizophrenia, but it could be, I don't know. No one wants to get help. So, but these horrible stories about people that you're like, Oh yeah, no, that person was crazy. (laughs) Why did no one get this person help? Like, why did no one step in? This person is clearly insane. (laughs) What's happening here, guys. (laughs) Um, like, come on. Um, But as far as, yeah, I do think it's kind of like with me, there's like a part of your brain that is either misfiring or maybe 
isn't working correctly. I don't know necessarily think it's like the next stage because I don't think it's <laughs> helpful. Yeah, I don't yeah. see how that's evolving to be like out of my mind, <laughs> thinking my arms ran away. Uh, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really see the upside. It's not like a really cool X-Men power. It's <laughs> like, oh. Like I would be a really bad X Men. I'd be like the one they leave at the the mansion. Like, all right, Rachel, you you go run after your arm. We're gonna go fight bad guys. <laughs> like, why don't you just vacuum or something while we're gone? <laughs> that that would be uh that would be an interesting that would be it'd be an interesting franchise part of the franchise for sure. Yeah, they'd be like these are the worst X Men ever. Like, <laughs> they're not gonna make a school. They're just gonna make like a hospital. Well, I'm sure it's got a wing. It'll have a a med wing in the in the in the big building. So, just in regards to I guess health professionals, one of the um, things that we're often told is around the language that we use with people. And I've noticed that you yourself, when you're referring to yourself, kind of go against that grain. So we're often taught that. Um, like don't use the word schizophrenic. It's a person with schizophrenia. It's always a person first, person first language. Um, whereas you yourself, and you've said it multiple times this podcast, like oh, yeah. you, you call yourself schizophrenic. Do you have an opinion on on that debate? I guess. Yeah, and I kind of um, I forget what it was. Someone said the other day, like we're talking about this exact debate. <laughs> um, but I have to remember, they, they made some like really good analogy. And I'm like, oh God, that's amazing. I got to remember that. Should have wrote it down. <laughs> Gone. I just remember like, yeah, you made an analogy. Crap, what was it? Um, here's my thing. I'm not, a, I, and it's funny because the people who always correct me do not have schizophrenia. Yeah. It's always people without schizophrenia that if I say, yeah, I'm a schizophrenic. Oh no, you're not. You're a person with schizophrenia and it's not defying you. And I'm like, right, I'm not an idiot. I get it. I'm not a walking ball of schizophrenia. Like I'm not stupid. So for one, I feel like it's patronizing to correct me. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, yeah, no, I, I got that again. I'm a schizophrenic. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> it just, I always think it's stupid, but when you act like that, when someone immediately corrects you, okay. And they're telling me that's wrong. All right. So that's fine. You're telling me the word schizophrenic is wrong that's something that's just come up in the past like few years. Mm. So now we're going to go with person who has schizophrenia. Guess what? That's going to sound wrong in a few years. Um, and as long as you keep reacting that way, regardless of what you're calling it, you're just making the stigma worse. Like it's <laughs> you freaking out at me over using the word and being a scared, you know, to say certain things. I'm like, no, it doesn't bother me because I have schizophrenia. It yep. is a very big part of my life. It affects everything I do. Um, and some people are like, no, it's just a small, it's not a small part for me. Um, it affects my thoughts. I'm having to constantly be proactive and notice warning signs. Um, I know that like, I don't always interpret things correctly that's going on around me. Um, and I'll have to ask, like, I asked my, my country accent came out there about it. <laughs> that's I okay. I asked the people around me. You're <laughs> like, wait, what just happened? I'm from the Southern United States. So we have a very thick accent that I work very hard to calm down. Every now and then it just slips out. 
Yeah, it, it, it comes out strong. <laughs> it don't play. It do not play. See, Australians, New Zealand, you all have like sexy accents, so it works. No one in the U.S. thinks Southern accent is sexy. It's no, no. It's like hillbilly, stupid, poor country. We have the same thing oh. here because like I'm in Queensland, which is like the top right-hand side of Australia, and we sound like, well, we sound like this. But then the people down the south in Melbourne or sort of Sydney, Melbourne kind of sound a little bit more, I don't know, probably closer to English than mm-hmm. than this. This is very, I don't know, I, I've been told this is very Australian. See, now if you come to America, we probably can't even tell you if you're Australian or English. We're just like, wow, that they sound so smart. <laughs> they sound so smart and sexy. We've got them fooled. That's all. That's really, yeah, yeah, you can get get away with almost anything because for one, we're not even really sure where you're from. It's just not here. So it sounds amazing. Whenever Americans try and put on an Australian accent, it sounds like they're from South Africa. So there's probably another one to throw in the mix as well, which sounds probably a cross between Australian, New Zealand and English, I reckon, the South African accent. It's it's different again. But back to the word. Where where were we? Some Asian countries, like they changed the word, like obviously whatever the word they had for schizophrenia, they changed it to a completely different word because it had such a negative connotation. And I'm just like, again, okay, so how long before that one has a negative connotation? Like kind of shifting it. Yeah. Um, So me, I don't get offended if someone says schizophrenia because I'm like, that's what I am I kind of just I hate it when somebody corrects me yeah (laughs) you know and as far as people you know if you have schizophrenia call it whatever you want whatever helps you deal if you don't like the term schizophrenic then don't use it (laughs) okay then yeah if someone says that say hey I don't want you labeling me that way all right but it's just I feel that's like with anything yeah if I don't want you labeling me due to gender sexuality nationality whatever mm. then if i tell you to stop it then yeah, yeah. stop respect the wishes. yeah yeah if it helps me to say schizophrenic if it helps me to say i'm a person who has schizophrenia if it helps me say i'm on the schizophrenia spectrum yeah or to full-on say i'm a paranoid schizophrenic class blah, blah, blah. i hate when i ask someone like they'll tell me this really long diagnosis well i'm a schizophrenic who has these type of tendencies with and i'm just like right that was a lot <laughs> cool um there's a lot of words but if that's what helps you then yeah sometimes i think like in your case i can definitely see how it helps you and i i mean obviously through even through your youtube channel i can see that it's a massive part of your life and like you said it affects every part and you've kind of embraced part of that to try and uh i guess almost be the <laughs> a spokesperson for, you know, the the promotion of a healthy relationship with the concept of schizophrenia for a lot of other people as well. And I I would assume that you probably get a lot of contact from people who have schizophrenia. Oh, yeah. Even just given the fact that YouTube is, you know, it's one of the biggest, it's the second biggest search engine in the world. So people looking for information, especially if, you know, people have been newly diagnosed or you know, have symptoms but aren't really sure or haven't haven't got a proper diagnosis, like there's a good chance that if they're looking for content around schizophrenia, they're going to come across some of your videos. 
Yeah. And I think, um, you know, obviously if you watch my videos in the beginning, which I cringe at, <laughs> like, I'm like, Oh my God, you're being so dramatic and whiny. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the ones you said are raw and I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> um, because yeah, I'm like a super downer. <laughs> um, but I've been making videos now for 13 years. And I definitely think if you look just, you know, at all my videos, but just my schizophrenia, you see a major change in my attitude. And that's come from me learning to, you know, kind of deal with things, how to accept certain things. I personally don't think there's a cure for schizophrenia because I don't think I have a sickness. Yeah. I don't think I'm mentally ill. I don't think this is something that I'm going to suddenly like get better from. I literally think it's a brain disorder. I could be completely wrong and that's fine. Um, There could be a magic pill tomorrow that makes it better. I don't know. But for the most part, I'm not holding out for that. I don't think it's going to happen. And I rather just accept it and move on than to keep being upset about it. Like, okay, here's the situation. I can either keep whining about it or I can make the most of it. And I kind of feel it's like that with everything in life. I mean, everybody has some crappy thing. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. Like, so everybody, it doesn't even have to be like a mental thing. It could be a physical handicap. It could be just something horrible that happens to you. You know, you got like abusive family member and you're going to have to live with that the rest of your life. What they did, it's still something that, yeah, I can either be stuck on it or I can find a way to not necessarily use it, but yeah, keep going. Um, and I definitely see like in my videos, there's a, um, an upswing in the attitude and I definitely have a much better attitude now. Um, to the point it's gotten me in trouble because people will be like, you, you act too happy and you glamorize <laughs> schizophrenia. And I'm like, thank you for thinking I'm glamorous. But um, and I'm like, no, not being upset that I have, it doesn't make me glamorizing it. Um, because I do think there are some upsides to schizophrenia. Okay. Yeah. Like I told, like there are some totally good parts. Um, I'm really creative. And I think part of that's the schizophrenia. Um, I, it's hard again, hard to explain thinking, but it's like, I can think on different levels with like all these different channels kind of going. And sometimes, yeah, that really helps me get stuff done. Um, other times it's more like a 50 car pile up <laughs> and it's just madness. <laughs> So it doesn't help. But sometimes, yeah, I'm like, if I if all the little cars are moving, we're good. Like I can be like, whoa, doing things on so many different levels. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's upsides to it. Um, I once I forget what medication I was on, but I was on one that um it really calmed my brain down. And I remember almost being kind of scared because I was like, it's never been this quiet in my head. And I got lonely. And I was just like, I just never thought about it like that, that. I just had never had that kind of quietness and I was almost kind of weirded out. Like, this is what normal people, <laughs> like everything's so yeah, just, wow. all right. Uh, that medication didn't last long, by the way, <laughs> it all came back very quickly. Like, oh, okay. but um, yeah, I remember almost being kind of like weirded out by it that I couldn't hear all this stuff going on that I was just so used to. And it was, it was kind of like, I don't want to say boring, but yeah, it was overly quiet that I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. I got to go find something to like, I need to drown out all this quietness with some rain, some TV or something yeah. needs to be playing. To TV, put some music on something, voices. put a background noise. Yeah, I got to have something. This is, this is wow. eerie. Um, so yeah, I mean, there, there are like 
I do think upsides to it. Not a lot, but yeah. Oh, it's good that you're able to, you know, even be self-aware enough to identify. So I know lots of people that just aren't self-aware enough to even know what's going on with their own body, let alone, you know, be able to find some really positive thing. I mean, like your creative people, well, I'll link to your, your YouTube channel. Like your creativity is evident in that. You do uh, a lot of stunts that I've watched you. Even them, I've watched you for, you know, probably five or six years now. Like even the stunts have evolved and oh, yeah. the things that you were, were trying initially and now they're kind of much bigger and much sort of flashier and, you know, there's all sorts of, nunchucks and nail beds and glass and there's always something going on. <laughs> um, but even just coming up with those ideas, I, was, I remember thinking ages ago, I'm like, wait, how do you even think of doing something like that? So like you, you I'm the idea person. My dad figures out how to do it. <laughs> and then you put your like, body on the line. This is what I want to do, Dad. Tell me how do we put this together? How do we make this? Or this first I'll say, do you think this is possible? He'll be like, no, that sounds like a horrible idea, Rachel. And I'm like, then how right, can, so we, how do can it? we do yeah. it? And then he's like, all right, I'll work on it. <laughs> and I can usually talk him into anything. Like after he starts working on it, he'll usually make something way worse than the original idea. Like if I want like, <laughs> like a ring of fire to jump through, he will make the tiniest ring. And I'm like, I was thinking it would be like four feet. This is two feet. Well, you can get through it. And I'm like, but it's on fire. <laughs> I kind of, but now the fire has gone from this close to me to this close to me. Right. So instead of it being a ring of fire, it's literally a ball of fire now. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the difference here. Dad. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I want to, you know, go big or go home." I like the way he thinks. <laughs> oh god. But um, on that note, though, as far as like being self-aware, that's one of the issues I've have with, um, I guess the the medical community dealing with people with mental disorders, but especially schizophrenia, is babying, babying us. Um, I've actually like went and spoke at different like mental health facilities, and a lot of the people there who are patients are annoyed. They hate being there. Um, for one, it's I always tear over. I have nothing to do, mm-hmm. and it's literally like yes, they're they're given medication they're giving job skills they're giving stuff but they're just bored out of their minds because it's then they seem to take away like all the other stuff that makes life fun and interesting and most schizophrenics aren't like their their goals aren't to not be hallucination free Mm. the goal isn't to not have delusions it's to be able to have like a job it's to be able to um get in a relationship Uh, it's like just to be able to live life not and too many i think doctors and medical look at it as oh help the hallucinations help the depression help this my depression has never gone away with the ect it put me level yeah yeah. (laughs) right that was great i went from being like super suicidal to depressed but not committing suicide and that's my goal is i take four different things technically for depression (laughs) and they're constantly being, you know, ups, down, switched. Um, and that's the goal is to keep me not suicidal, not to make it go away because it's, I mean, hopefully one day they got the new, um, 
the breathe in ketamine. Yeah, that just I saw came that. Out the other day. Yep. Yeah, they just, yeah, I obviously, my insurance won't cover that. But, you know, maybe that they're making such a big deal about that, the, um, that in, inhale ket- ketamine um, medication. You know, yeah, maybe, maybe that'll work. I'm not against trying it. Yeah, yeah. But thus far, I've never found anything that's healed gotten rid of um, yeah, yeah. I, my depression exercise the demon i can either like still be sad about it or i can just be like look this is what it is yeah um you know i always have that in the back of my mind like i want to it's just always there like the bad thoughts to hurt myself so instead i set up ways to make sure i don't do that and i distract myself from it and people be like oh well that's not good to be distracting yourself constantly and i'm like but everyone does that with so many different things. Like yeah. we're all distracting ourselves from something in life. We yeah, don't want to exactly. Deal with everyone does <laughs> and that you do it to survive. Um, I just think when like mental health people hear it, they're like, Oh God, we have to fix this thing. And a lot of it's just, it's not fixable. Like I think it needs to be more help the person overall be able to live a normal life. Yeah. And I think who's in like a, a long-term mental health facility, rarely few people want to stay in a long-term. They want to be able to get out and have an apartment on their own. That's like the number one thing I hear is I want to be able to have an apartment on my own. And that's such, you know, and I, that's something I don't even have um, because I have to be watched by like, I can't live alone. I get really weird (laughs) really quickly. I get really weird. So I have to, you know, I always have to live with someone and my parents um, cause I don't do well with roommates. I don't, I don't open up to them yep. and I just don't want to put that pressure on them to watch me. Yeah. I yeah, don't yeah. Want, no, yeah. that's fair. Like I don't want to be their pet, but my parents, you know, it's my parents are used to it. <laughs> They're used to watching me anyway. They've had years, um, of, years of training. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't feel bad putting it on them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you think like how many people like that's their main goal with schizophrenia is to have their own apartment is to be able to just do, you know, be able to go to the store and not have a mental breakdown, not to, ha- you know, stop all mental breakdowns, but be able to go to the store, buy something, interact with someone and go back home. Uh, I think that's where I really feel that the benefit of occupational therapy is in mental health. Cause that's the stuff that we work on. We work on that. We don't work with the symptoms. We don't work with the medications. We work on helping people with those real world skills that they want to do. Like Mm -hmm. I've always said to everyone that I work with or my students that I can 110% do my job completely without ever knowing what a person's diagnosis is because I'm not working with a diagnosis. I'm not working with uh, a set of symptoms. I'm working with a person and I'm working with them on whatever their goals are. Like if their goals are just to get out of hospital, then I work with them on that. What do you need to do to get out of hospital? If their jobs are to, and I always give this example because my students freak out about it. I'm like, if their job is, if they, their goal is that they want to be an astronaut, then I'm like, all right, so what steps do we need to take to get you doing that like they're like oh but they'll never be an astronaut i'm like that doesn't matter like the 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 benefit is is in that that process and that journey of working towards something so like you know they might not make it to being an astronaut but along that journey we've got them out of hospital we've got them an apartment we've got them a job they might go back and do some study they might you know study something to do with the stars or 
physics or some whatever engineering like who knows but you know there's a lot of stuff that we can do on that goal of being an astronaut whether they make it or not like in the end it doesn't matter it's what they want to work towards and that's what's going to motivate them to do it whereas if you if you just like a lot of I, i do see like you said a lot of health professionals where or health professions where the the whole thing is it's almost like it's almost like it's treated like a broken leg where it's like you've come in with a broken leg we'll fix the broken leg and then it's fine because you no longer have a broken leg it's like you come in with you know um say psycho psychotic symptoms we get rid of the psychotic symptoms and then everything goes back to normal because you no longer have the psychotic symptoms I'm like it doesn't work like that it's it's a lot more enmeshed than say some of the more physical um you know injuries or illnesses uh it, like you said it affects every single part it'll affect your eating your showering your yeah. shopping your ability to hold down an apartment your driving your relationships your just every possible aspect you can think of it'll affect how you mow the lawn like it it's, it has impact into everything and i think i think i i do wish more health professionals could see mental health from the perspective that we do as ot's and and it's 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 actually really heartening for me hearing you describe what you you like people are saying they want and i'm like that's awesome because that's what we do and that's why i feel we're so different from a lot of the other health professions that just sort of focus on that real deficit um it's a very medical model thing like here's an injury here's the illness we get rid of that look you're good where it's like you know health is the absence of illness i always stress like get a part-time job if you Mm. can't if you're not ready for a part-time job go do volunteer work if it's one hour a week whatever because as i've always seen with me especially but with other schizophrenics and things once you're able to be doing something and you realize oh wow I'm contributing, whether it's making sandwiches at the sandwich shop or it's walking the dogs at the, you know, animal center. You suddenly you're taken out of your your whiny, yeah, little mood here and you realize, oh, wait, I can still do stuff. I can still contribute even with my mind hallucinating, you know, even with being terrified of talking to people. And I was thinking like it's once you like give someone that power and they're like, oh, wow, I'm still able to do stuff. Like, I've seen so many people change so quickly, and especially me in my life, where I will, like, had these major breakdowns, and then I'd have to, like, find some way to force myself um, to go and do something. And a while ago, when I had a real bad one, my parents, um, they were like, you have to go to college. <laughs> and this is years ago, obviously. Yep. Um, and I was so scared because my mind was so messed up. And I'm like, no, it's not going to work. I'm going to be, you know, I'm not going to be able to read. I'm not going to be able to think. And I started and I was like, oh, wow, I'm doing great again, just like I always did. And, and then the next thing I'm, you know, taking on a full course load, no problem. But it was just that first that I was terrified out of my mind to do it because I thought, no, I'm going to be talking to myself. People are going to think I'm stupid. But once I start taking those steps, like, and you realize, oh, wow, I'm not as broken as I thought I was. And so, yeah, whatever it is, like, even if it's just little stuff, like going down to the store, you're like, oh, wow, I totally, yeah, this was weird. I heard voices screaming the entire way, but I'm here. Made it. That is the most OT thing I've ever heard a non-OT say. 
<laughs> Very impressed. Very impressed. I know, I'm cool. You, you are cool. There's no denying that. I'm just letting other people know how cool you are, that's all. Thank <laughs> uh, Is there anything else you think is important that we cover with regards to just, I guess, enlightening people around schizophrenia? I mean, a lot of the stuff is the stuff sounds like you already do, which is awesome as far as, yeah, just set, setting goals regardless of how ridiculous they are. Because for one, you don't really know people. Um, they might have the brains to be an astronaut. You don't know. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> they might come up with something amazing. It's it's not, not my place to judge whether they can or not. I'm just here to support yeah. them on that journey towards it. So Yeah. And, it, and I always tell people, you know, like, yeah, again, I work with a lot of people that want to be models and actors. And I'm like, you know, yes, have that goal, have that specific goal that you want. Because on that road to that specific goal, you're going to learn so many things and experience so many things and realize, hey, I actually like this a lot more. Or, hey, I never even realized this was a thing. Like with me and YouTube videos, I didn't know that was a thing, you know, it was just like I, YouTube was very young when I started and I just uploaded it on the web. And then so many opportunities have come. And then the fact that technology is like insane now, yeah, um, it's just, it's hard to keep up with. It's so evolving so quickly, but so many other opportunities have come along that didn't exist even five years ago Yeah, that I'm like, oh, wow, this is something I can do. But none of it would have ever happened if I hadn't, you know, back in the day, got a Put broken camera off eBay, gotten screwed on the pricing because I didn't know what I was doing. I'd never had a, never used a video camera in my life. And it was like the big old clunky. I got to put a tape in it. <laughs> nice. You know, whereas now, you know, you got your phones, you're doing stuff 10 times. Oh, God, more than 10 times. I don't even know. You got like basically a movie studio in your pocket. In your phone, yeah. <laughs> you know, what used to take me days. <laughs> could take i could do it like a minute now and i'm like what <laughs> but yeah it's just things you learn along the way you know and i was just like keep an open mind because as long as you're doing something you're moving if you know you're at home whining if you're at home being scared if you're at home you know a lot of people be just telling you you can't do things then you're not moving and you're just going to keep getting depressed oh i think you might be my spirit animal oh okay <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have said that better myself. I'm a very bouncy one, so. <laughs> Plenty of energy. Where, if people want to check out your YouTube or Twitter or like, where can people find you? Rachel Star Live. And it's R-A-C-H-E-L-S-T-A-R-L-I-V-E. Two R's is somebody completely different. She does make videos, though. She does. They're um, probably, not the ones you're ex- they're probably not the ones you're expecting. Yeah, she she makes a lot more money than I do. I'm not gonna lie. I'm jealous about that. <laughs> I'll um I'll link to the correct Rachel Star uh, in the in the show Very notes well. of this episode. Thanks so much for for coming and having a chat. I really really appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. I know this took a while. Sorry, I was as I was saying, I had a lot. You had a, you had a weird. couple of things going on. You know, you're a bit busy. That's fine. And you you made international news because of it. I, I saw. That. Some of them, yeah, some of the... Uh, apparently, re- I was looking at toilet seat, a soap yeah, dispenser. Yeah, some I of the reporting was uh, slightly just... Oh, there's no other way. It's just dumb. <laughs> but- oh, I, I had um, Hong Kong Tourism contact me because they thought that 
I got it from a toilet seat visiting and they were scared, you know, how this makes them look. And they're like, can you please tell us, you know, what area, do you know what toilet, <laughs> you know, can you at least tell us the different things you saw? And I was like, I hate to let you down here, but none of this, none of this is true. I'm like, I did get it. I said, I've, I've already told people I most likely got it in an airport. I don't think I got, cause I only toured like hospitals and colleges. And I was like, I wasn't really sightseeing. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm, airport like is most likely where I got it was sometimes because I was going traveling so much like yeah I probably picked it up at an airport and so they were they were relieved but yeah if you're gonna catch anything it's usually gonna be in an airport <gasps> all that's made up I'm sorry I know and I've never even been to Australia <laughs> well yeah I saw that when I when um I think I, I messaged you I'm like oh that was on MSN and I was like what Yes, yes. If people are curious what we're talking about, there's a video on Rachel's YouTube channel all about the flesh-eating bacterial infection in my face. Yeah, in, in my face. So if you're uh, curious about what, and I look that, great from it still, is, yeah. what that looks like, then feel free to check out that video. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's definitely not something I, I would assume you would, you know, recommend people do for fun or anything like that and everyone kept saying you know you're gonna have all this scarring and stuff i'm like look the original thing was they were gonna have to cut off all of it off of my face and i'm like so i should be missing half of my face anything less than me missing my face honestly at this point is a win yeah (laughs) because i went into the hospital and they're like this is what's gonna happen i'm like let's do it and then they couldn't get a plastic surgeon because of insurance back to the whole insurance thing so while they were taking care of that, it ended up um, rotting out and started healing. So they're like, let's not cut it out. It did itself. Wow. Yeah. No, it's. That's hectic. No, I, I dodged some bullets on that. All right. I will let you go. But thank you so much for, for coming and having a chat. And uh, yeah, we will we'll have to talk soon. Sounds great. Anytime. I should look like a 60s Batman villain for my TV show. Like, that's what I should look like right now. And, and it's, I don't, it was shocking.